Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of After the Game, a conversation between me and my dad, where we talk about the post-jazz game. My name is Spencer. Hey, and this is the dad, Barry, another episode. And the Jazz fall, they lose their second in a row tonight. They lose to the Indiana Pacers 125 to 113 in Indiana after 10 straight road wins. The Utah Jazz now started another streak, but not one that we want, losing two in a row. Last night in Toronto and tonight in Indiana. Spencer, what are your initial thoughts on this game and this loss? The Jazz look really out of it. They didn't seem, or at least Whiteside did. Um, I don't know. I think Mitchell played really well. Bogdanovich played really well. He's going back to play against the Pacers where he was from. So he had a good night. But the reality is the Indiana Pacers are the 25th team in the league, but they played like the first team of all time because they every single one of their players scored at least double what they averaged and they had a crazy game. Yeah, they certainly did. Listen, uh, this is a team that is 28th in the league in three point shooting percentage. And tonight they shot 48%. The Pacers did 14 of 29 from three and just turned their whole game around. And then they had, uh, Sabonis, who just laid it on the Jazz tonight, scoring, I think, I didn't necessarily see this, but listen, he's, I, it might be his career high. He scored 42 points. This is an all-star, so he's good. Um, he generally plays well against us. However, he's averaging 18 points a night, and tonight he had 42. We had no answer from Sabonis, from tip to buzzer, and uh, he just made us look silly, along with Lance Stevenson, who has come out of semi-retirement, who had 16 points and he usually averages five, and a host of others who just played well. The Jazz couldn't play defense most of the night. Whiteside seemed like he was in a fog um, since the concussion. Even though he played last night in Toronto, he wasn't great. Last night, he didn't look so good. Tonight, he had eight points and eight rebounds. Really a game where he could have done so much more, but he didn't. Um, but you're right. Mitchell played really well. You can't fault him. He had 36 points, nine assists, two rebounds. He distributed the ball. Well, he shot the ball. Well, 13 for 27, he played 37 minutes. And the comment that I'm going to make, and I want to ask you a question about this. When you go back in the annals of great players, maybe they're playing 38, 39, 40, 42 minutes a night. I understand we're playing for the playoffs. It's a long season, but Quinn left Donovan on the bench two or three minutes longer in the fourth than I think he should have. And I think Mitchell in these types of games should be play 40 or 42 minutes a night. He played 37 minutes a night. What do you think? I originally thought, cause I was going to bring that up as well. I thought Mitchell was going to play more minutes tonight for some reason. And I was going to, I was hoping he would to say, okay, now that they're clearly they don't have Gobert and Ingles, they might need Mitchell to play longer minutes, but they still didn't do that. They just seemed to stick to like some other plan. And the rotation did seem a little weird, but I agree. I think Mitchell should, this was a great opportunity for Quinn to at least try to play him longer. And I think he should have, he kind of, I don't know if, I think he's in great shape. He didn't look bad. And so he was able to attack it. I know I, I get it because in the last six minutes when he's in of the game, when he usually comes in around the eight minute, he came around the sixth minute tonight, but he is guarded from 
the second he gets the ball, he's like a press. He's guarded until he gets all the way down. And he, he kind of lost the dribble a couple of times. But it is exhausting as a player to have to be moving so much um, and, and getting around a player from the second you get the ball. Then after you score, you have to get back on defense and do it all over again. But yeah, I, I think as an all-star, he should be able to do that. And I think Quinn should trust him more and, and tell him, hey, listen, I'm going to play you more. So let's let's start let's start growing into this role. Right. I mean, he plays 37 minutes tonight. What if he played 39 minutes? What if he played 40, right? Three extra minutes. And he was tired. He had to do a lot there near the end, his dribble. And you can see when he starts to get tired as he loses his dribble a little bit, especially when he's double teamed. But he plays 39, 40 minutes tonight, two or three extra minutes. It might have stopped the momentum of the Pacers. I mean, it's easy for me to say. I'll tell you, kind of a pedestrian night. The stat line isn't horrible, but it's quiet. Conley had nine points, five rebounds, and seven assists. Again, you look at that stat line, it's not bad. But he played 31 minutes, and it wasn't overwhelmingly great. And Clarkson, even though he had his moments, I wonder if if you leave Clarkson on the on the court longer tonight. Again, for some reason, Quinn has a struggle of going with a hot hand. And there was a moment where Clarkson got hot and then he got a little cold and then he pulled him out. I'm just a big believer in going with the flow of the game. And I don't know if Quinn does that. Who am I to question a coach who's won more games than most? But um, just interesting on how that all unfolded tonight. I don't think that's what kind of was the impact. I think it definitely would have helped the game, but I think the game was lost with Whiteside. He's coming off this concussion. I get it, but he still looked like he was out of it. And he only had eight points and eight rebounds, which I think is kind of a below par night for him. It What happens when we have Gobert, and I know we don't have Gobert, apparently tested for COVID for a second time, but – why so when we play with Gobert obviously Gobert has such an impact that it's okay for the Jazz to be a little bit lazy when guarding the ball up around the three-point line because they can kind of overguard in case there's a three-point shot knowing that if they get beat there's Gobert waiting for whoever gets past them which kind of helps them and gives them a little bit more confidence and a lot of uh, attacking teams will either dribble out of that or they'll just let Gobert out, out um, play them and, and defend them better. But with Whiteside in tonight, not only was he not causing that impact but or that presence, but he was also just sluggish, slow to get back. You can tell when players got kind of closer to the paint, um, he gave them a little bit more space than necessary, which gave them just easier shots. And Sabonis obviously had his great night tonight because Whiteside was on every now and then and just was – lazy to go up and guard him at, at the top of the key or let him kind of push him around or let him push other players around. So I think it was mainly a fiasco by Whiteside tonight that caused Yeah, him. he he did not look well or in shape. Um, right. I, he missed two games, three games in concussion protocol came back and played last night, but he was out of shape. And my, my thing to that is if this is your profession and, and, and this is what you do. And I, and, and maybe it was 
uh, who am I to say the concussion hurt? Can't really be doing much when you have a concussion. But, but, but man, you gotta, I don't know, be staying on a bike, but, you know, be ready. Can you do that? Um, you know, this is your opportunity to really prove something. And he, he absolutely got outplayed tonight. I, I did send this message to you during the game. I, I don't know if it's something to follow, but we signed Asabuki earlier in the year. We had an option to either let him go or sign him because of the way his contract was shaped. We sign him. He doesn't even see the floor tonight. Yeah, you yeah. send in Norvell Pell. He plays yeah. nine minutes tonight. Not well. And not well, but I mean, what can you expect out of Norvell? You have Azabuki. Azabuki was a, was he our first round pick late in the round? Yeah. This guy has to be playing. And we're now spent, I'd resign him. I think it was a million, million and a half, two million. Just the option on his, on his contract. That is not good. And in watching him play and what I've heard and what I've read, he just doesn't rebound. And weird that, that this guy's now signed. I, I don't, and maybe we have an option. I'll have to go to hoops hype and see what his contract looks like. But that bothered me a little bit tonight that you can't rely on as a bookie. You have to go to Norvell Pell who's been with our team for three days and he plays nine or 10 minutes against Indiana. That's a little bit of a struggle. And, and Rudy Gay struggled tonight um defending i can't put the game on him uh royce o'neill got switched on with bigs during the game he didn't have a great night oh yeah royce did not play well at all yeah i think what hurts the most is this isn't pacers team we only play an east coast team twice we lost to them in salt lake now we've lost in indiana and they're one of the worst teams in the league you have to figure out how to beat a team like this in order to stay in the upper echelon of the NBA, in my opinion. Yeah, so just to highlight O'Neal, because I agree with that. I don't think O'Neal played really well. He missed his shots. Just it was bad. I have a couple questions, though. I think Pascal only got, what, four minutes? But he came off of a great night where he played really well in Canada. And I thought maybe, okay, Quinn recognized that, and he'll keep the momentum going with Pascal. I get it. We have a lot of people playing his position right now. What we really need is a big center, but still maybe could have thrown him in there. So what do you think of that? And then also what have the games been like without Ingles? And we kind of have our opinions where we don't think he is keeping up with the pace of the NBA and is losing it. So do you think his impact or his absence has been noticed? Well, we did win in Denver with this team, no go bear, no Ingles. So I, I, I don't want to be jumping out of a window right now um, as to are we missing both of them desperately? They, we have them tonight. We most likely win. Ingles, right. um, um, here's my thought when you were asking that question. Regardless of how he's somewhat lost a step, to use that vernacular, this season, and maybe it's even two steps, there is some familiarity with your teammates and right. Ingles has been in the program for six, seven years now. And with this core team for three, four years, five years with Donovan. So maybe I'm learning something here. Me personally saying maybe Ingles, whether he's lost a step or two or not having the type of season that we hoped he would have in a championship run type season. Um, the familiarity of having him on the floor is big. I'm noticing that. Tonight, I thought Conley's, and I'll go back to the word that I use, pedestrian or kind of quiet 
night, I think was because Gobert was not there. Now he had a big night the other night without Gobert or a normal night, but Conley looked lost. So when you take out big minutes from your center, who's a mega all-star and a guy like Ingles, it's really hurting the jazz, but I'll, I'll tell you what, Donovan Mitchell looked really good. He could get a basket down the stretch at almost any time, but going to your question, um, I, I am missing Ingles now because of the familiarity is the word I'll use. Yeah. I was, I, Cause I, when you use the word familiarity, I was thinking you were going to say his kind of veteran handle of things where he is more comfortable in the court and he just kind of understands the game a little bit more and is just used to it. But I guess from that familiarity, it's a little bit better because I guess he's reliable. Not, I wouldn't say reliable, but just, it's just when you've been playing with the same teammates, it just feels right sometimes. And so maybe it does hurt without him, but frustrating for jazz to lose two in a row. I thought they were going to win tonight and they didn't, but still we're um, top three right now in the West. It's going to be a lot harder now that Clay Thompson's back for us to even have a shot at things. Um, maybe, I don't know what you think of that, but. Uh, I'm excited for Clay to come back. I'm excited to see how good the Warriors can be. If you're a fan of basketball and a fan of the NBA, this is going to be a fun season. It's somewhat open. There's no team that is like, oh my gosh, they're just going to win it all. It's going to be a nice run between um, the Warriors, the Suns, us, meaning the Jazz, Brooklyn Nets are kind of clicking along in the Kyrie Irving situations. Interesting over there. You've got the Chicago Bulls kind of coming out of nowhere for the season, having a tremendous season. Memphis Grizzlies are not too far behind us. Mavericks are behind them. We're, we're, we're definitely in the hunt and uh, the Warriors could get better, but that'll be fun. That's to be the best. You got to beat the best. That's what I always say. So we'll see how it, it goes down stretch. While I don't want to wish away the season, the playoffs can't get here fast enough because we seem like we're that team that we have zero to prove in the regular season. Yep. We have everything to prove in the playoffs. And right now it looks as though we will get a home court advantage, at least in the first round. We'll be one of the top four teams. I don't see us slipping out of the top four. And it's just like, bring on the playoffs. And here we sit in January and those don't begin until mid-May. So um, let's get through the, the COVID protocol situations. Let's get life back to normal. Let's get into end of February, 1st of March and, and get rolling and get ready for the playoffs, I think is my thought. When you look around the league, kind of what this does tonight um, from a standings perspective, you're right. We still sit up in that top three or four, um, you know, Golden State's lost a couple in a row. You know, we talk about them. They're on a two game losing streak. Uh, Phoenix is winning. Uh, they, they're just built to win right now. Let's see if they do what we did last year. You know, you play so hard, you're the number one seed and maybe you fade in the playoffs. What do you think uh, for the Jazz and for the Warriors? I'll throw that question back at you with Clay Thompson coming back. Um, I think the Jazz, um, like you are saying, it's more of we're just waiting for the playoffs to start. Jazz don't really have anything else to prove in the regular season. We've saw that even if you do win it, win number one regular season, it doesn't really hold candle to winning the championship and you'll just get remembered for going out in the second round so let's just keep winning games to keep us in the 
place to be um, the best place we can be for the playoffs. And I just hope that uh, we're ready for the playoffs and that we've had everything figured out. And which I think we do. I think Gobert and Mitchell are that good. And with Conley playing well, I think our team has just those good of players. It's hard to say when you have two of the greatest shooters of all time on the same team, how we're going to match up against them. But I think we got the, we got the pieces for it for sure. Yeah. You know, going around the league tonight, Spencer, looking at some of the games, some are still in progress, some are done. So the Jazz lose 125, 113, not a, it's not a good look for us losing to the Pacers like we did. The Celtics beat the Knicks. It looks like, um, let me just look at that box score to make sure I'm right. Yeah, what a low-scoring game. I had to look at it twice. The Celtics beat the Knicks in Boston 99-75. to The Knicks only score 75 points tonight. Wow, that's a little bit of a shocker. Um, a fun game that's going on right now is Miami is in Phoenix. Miami's up five midway through the second quarter. Memphis goes into L.A. and beats the Clippers 123-108. And here's the game that I, I want to kind of talk about. The Bucks go into Charlotte and lose tonight, 114-106. There are some similarities between Milwaukee's championship last year and how the Jazz are playing this year. Right. I'm going to go in a, in a two-year kind of three-year look. The Bucks have won. They were the number one team with the best record in the NBA the year before they won the championship. Whoa. So could it play out the same way? The Bucks figured out the next year when they won the championship, let's play well, let's get our seed, let's try to be the best team, but let's not put everything into it. So um, So if we can duplicate, you know, what the Bucks did over the last two or three years and end up having a great record last year and being number one, but maybe being in the two or three spot this year and win a championship, um, it would it would be great. We're going to see how tested we are down down the stretch. What do you think um, as now? Let's see. This makes us 28 and 12. We played 40 games this season, so we're almost halfway through the season. Uh, what do you say about the Jazz and their season so far? I think we'll finish top three. I don't think we'll get below top four in the West. But you never know. Um, I think we can I, – I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't think I'm losing faith in Quinn, but it's just like maybe he could do better, you know, like try to play Mitchell longer. Because it seems like, from my point of view, it just seems like he has a system and he just sticks to it. And, and so Jerry, time, it's just yeah. like, it's like, okay, great. Like, that, if the system's going to win the, us the finals, I'm, I'm cool with that. But if, um, if we're going to, like, have to, like, it'd be cool to see Mitchell play longer. It'd be cool to do other stuff. Yeah, Jerry Sloan had the same type of setup. He had guys going in and out. They knew when they were supposed to get off the bench and go in. Um, they knew how long they were going to be on the court. It seemed like it worked. 
what I did see from Sloan from time to time is he would go with a hot hand, right? If Malone's minutes were going well, he might leave him on the floor versus taking him out. Yeah, more options. And, and Quinn doesn't seem to do that. But then again, listen, it's the 40th game in the regular season. Maybe as we get into the 60th game or the 70th game and you start fine-tuning for the playoffs, that starts happening. But, you know, 28 and 12 – very impressed with the Jazz this year. I'm very happy for them. Let's get Rudy back out of um, where he is and get Ingles back and get Whiteside back healthy. I think Daniel House could be maybe a good surprise for us. He got a lot of minutes tonight. Seems like Quinn trusts him. Um, I think guys like to play with our team. So uh, maybe he'll be a good addition if we hold on to him. What do you think? Well, you just make a good point. Um, I think it's the middle of the season. No one really cares about the NBA and no one really cares about like, I mean, the, the players don't even really care about winning right now. They just want to hold on until come the 60th game or like 70th game. Um, and that's probably why no one really listens to this anyways, because this is just the middle of the season. It's not too much of a impact on what's going to happen towards the playoffs when people start to care. Yeah. So, it, so, yeah you know, I think, I think it'll just start picking it up towards the end of and that's what we're going for is just a championship. Yeah. A little bit of a side note as we end the, po- the podcast um, during our exchange tonight as a family about the game, as we texted back and forth, the Sam said it's too bad that we rested everybody last night. And the reality is we didn't rest anybody last night. We didn't send anybody into Canada last night. There was, I think, Rudy Gay and Royce O'Neal and Clarkson, I think, were there. But no one else was. Like, Conley wasn't there, and Donovan wasn't there, and clearly Ingles and Gobert were not there. And the reality is, you send them into Canada, and they test positive before they come back into the United States. They have to stay in Canada for 14 days due to Canadian law. If that doesn't give... The Toronto Raptors, who are now nine and two over their last 11 home games, a uh, home court advantage. I don't know what does. And then you play in front of no fans. And it just shows the state of where we are. All teams have now been impacted by COVID. But last season, we played and none of this happened. Yep. So are we saying that? What is happening now is worse. And yet last year, there were more people who were passing away from the virus than there is this year. And you wonder when will this end? And the reason why I bring it up is the Jazz, a professional organization and a professional sports team had to kind of play a, play a not a basketball game, but a game last night. Meaning, oh, I, I better not send my best players into Canada right now because what if they test positive? And by the way, Rudy Gobert tested negative twice on his rapid test and then positive on the overnight PCR test. It just, it just is not good for sports right now. And someone needs to stand up and say, these guys are professional athletes, the healthiest individuals that probably are walking the planet. This is not going to impact them. I heard one statement about Jason Tatum saying, when I had COVID, I haven't quite been the same since, and it's been a year. Well, maybe you're just not playing well. 
Tatum. So I, I, I'm not buying this, that these athletes are in great fear of this virus now. And so they share it with others. I, I don't know. I just, it, it's just as strange because I think that one game, even though it was fun watching our second team play last night, uh, it really hurt us for tonight. I just, I just really think that it did a back to back and you have guys who didn't even travel with the team to Canada. And then they went to Indiana and waited for them. It's just strange. Yeah. I think everybody needs to grow up because if you think about history and the before COVID there was the flu season and part of being human is every year we knew that we were going to get sick and we were going to pass on our cold or our flu or whatever to somebody else. Not, not by choice, but that was just the process of being a human. And that was a process of nature. And for some reason, now that, which is what we've been doing throughout all of existence, is somehow an evil construct in some of these people's minds. But that's something that's been a part of our life and a part of human humanity since the dawn of humanity. And it was just an accepted reality that, yes, there's going to be moments in the year that you get sick, and that could just lead to infecting somebody else. I'm not saying that it's okay for people to get sick and to die of this. But I'm just saying this is, this is not an unnormal thing where people get sick and pass it to other people. We've always been doing this. And so, like you said, these athletes are at the height of their health where they're not going to be impacted by it. And even if they do pass it to somebody else, that's just something that goes on in being a human and being a part of life. And yeah, we, we, we understand. But this sport is being too impacted by something that is just so trivial. Yeah. The, the only difference is the virus is, has been noted to be stronger than the flu. And we don't know, we, we know the flu for since the dawn of time, we don't know what the after effects are of the virus, but the reality is why are we worrying about these athletes? These athletes, they're not obese. They have no pre-existing conditions. Their diets are probably fine-tuned more than most, if not all. And so therefore, as a commissioner of a league or as a leader of a sport, I would say we're, we're going to move through this. Someone like Rudy the other night had, didn't feel well in Denver. Great. That's the way it used to be. Some guys just miss games because they had the flu or they were recovering from an illness. Now you, you, you get this, you can't play for a week. So, so interesting question for you. Cause it, I just remember the Jordan uh, flu games where he had the flu and he still played. Do you think if Jordan was in the league right now and he got COVID or players on his team got COVID, he would make them play because he was that addicted to winning. Uh, I didn't really anticipate the question that you asked. Say it one more time. Cause you say, you say, would Jordan make them play? He can't make them play. Well, you know what I'm because saying? Jordan, Jordan literally would get sick, but he was so addicted to winning and wanted and wanted to make a point about playing during whatever he's going through. Yeah, I to totally get that. He definitely would say, hey, we are playing, right? And, right. and most players would say we're playing, but the, the laws and rules are different, I guess is what I'm saying. Right, but I think Jordan was such an icon in the moment that he wasn't going to be like LeBron or some of these other players that are just like, oh, yeah, it's whatever. I just will sit out this game. And then that kind of has the societal impact of people saying, hey, you, it's okay to sit out during games. Look at look at the, our champions. They sit out during games. If I don't you think ask Jordan the, was that type of champion. The, I think yeah. Jordan was the type of champion. to be like, oh, who cares? I'm going to go out and play and win. 
And then society would be impacted by a way where it's like, listen, our champion and our healthiest player in the world is saying, I'm going to go out and win no matter what. Just saying. I, I, think, I think your statement is this. The, the difference is he can't fight. He can't overcome the system. If he would have had to have tested. Here's where I think you're going or where I would go with your statement is I do think a Kobe or a Jordan would stand up and say to Adam Silver and the league and say, this is nonsense. Right. We're going to play and petition, and petition the league to say, lighten your rules, don't have rules, no guys are missing games, we need to give it to the fans, they pay to come and see us every night. That was the attitude of Jordan, that was the attitude of Isaiah Thomas, that was the attitude of Larry Bird, that was the attitude of Dr. J, that was the attitude of, of Kobe Bryant, They Carl Malone, they owed it to the fans, right? And Jordan... Would, would say, I think he would stand up and say, I understand the importance of making sure that we stay away from this virus, but we're going to play. We're going to play. And Adam Silver, you need to fine tune your rules. You know, you're not testing every day. And if you test positive, then that just means, you know, you miss one game, maybe not a week or 10 days or protocols. And you don't have a player right now, other than Kyrie Irving, who everybody thinks that he's lost his mind doing that but but right. also you, you should have a kevin durant stand up and say the this is i'm going i'm vaccinated i'm boosted i'll do what the league says but this is wrong and none of them are saying this is wrong they're, That's starting, what's to. they're starting to wake up but i also think that a lot of these players like lebron like kevin durant um like chris paul or some of these players that haven't stood up when they probably could and have a societal impact I think that they are, they live in an era where social media is prevalent and they can, they can be celebrities without being on the court. When Jordan, I, yeah, I guess he was kind of a celebrity no matter where he went, but he wasn't, you didn't like scroll through and see clips of him every five seconds throughout your day. And Mm -hmm. with LeBron, with, with Anthony Davis, with some of these other celebrities, they are able to still be celebrities without playing games. without going to the NBA, without going and doing their job. They don't need the NBA to be uh, in the spotlight, which Jordan, he loved being in the spotlight. He loved that. And that usually came with him playing basketball games. And so LeBron is okay with COVID impacting the day-to-day basketball because he can still be in the spotlight off the court where Jordan would have been like, listen, I need, I want to be in the spotlight. Let's play games so I can prove to everybody that I'm the best. Yeah. Jordan, only was in the spotlight when he was playing basketball. I mean, you didn't have the social media when he was playing. You didn't have the TikTok reels or the different types of, you know, media being consumed from a social perspective. You, you bring up a great point. I think going back to what I would say, fine, I would fine tune what your statement is, or at least shape the argument as, I believe Jordan would have stood up and said, wait a minute, these rules, this testing, the quarantine, all of these things, they're, they're wrong. The players need to play. He's not saying that as an owner. There's definitely, there's definitely some, there's something out there that says, you say that you're getting fined or, you know, we're going to revoke some status. I, I, I just for the, if, if the league can't look at what the jazz did last night and say, 
we got a problem, then someone's not looking at what's happening. The Jazz don't even send their players across the border because they don't want them to test positive. Even if they're healthy, they're nervous about it. Yeah, and I then just... the Raptors play in front of no one. We are a year and a half, at, two years, two years. We're two years later and we're still playing in an empty arena. It's, it, it's mind boggling that as a human, you don't wake up as a leader and an owner of a team or the mayor of a city and the president of a country and say, no, no, no. We already did that. We masked up. We quarantined. We washed our hands. We quarantined again. We didn't go to work. We quarantined again. We took a shot. We took a second shot. We took a booster. We took a pill. We quarantined again. At, at what point do you go, we've done everything we can, fill the stands, and let's go for it? Because I will tell you on Monday night in Indianapolis at Lucas Oil Field, when Alabama plays Georgia in the College National Championship, no one in that stadium, extract that, 1% of that stadium of which there will be 75,000 people is wearing a mask and no one will die. Yeah. No one will leave that stadium and die. That's a strong statement. Be I don't know, but I'll be surprised. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Contracts COVID, goes to the hospital and then dies. It, it's, and, especially, it's especially annoying when these people making that live in their own bubble, making these laws and these rules promise, okay, once 70% of people are vaccinated, we'll take off the mask. We get to 70% vaccination. Masks don't come off. Once we get to 80% vaccination, we'll reopen more to the public. We get to 80% vaccination. Those masks and those rights don't come back. We get to 90% vaccination and they promise that we'll be back to normal and it doesn't look like that. And it's really annoying. Obviously it's normal in Utah, super normal in Southern Utah. Virus does not exist down here. Can basically operate as if nothing ever happened. But in most areas in the country, in some states where large populations live, we are complying with what these rule givers living in their bubbles dictate, and it doesn't produce what they promise. And that's really frustrating. Yeah. And so I hope, and to end on this, I hope, I wish somebody in ESPN or somewhere else would bring up the idea of what the league would have been like if, the, if COVID happened during the era of Jordan, um, Kobe, Isaiah Thomas, Dr. J, how these champions would have reacted to something that prevented them from playing basketball. Yeah. Great point. I'll put an exclamation point on that. I'll only say this in a country that I think is beautiful and that I love glad I'm not in Australia. Yep. All right, yeah. Spence. Anyway. So, the Jazz play again sometime in the future. Uh, you're absolutely right. Go Jazz. Everything is going to be fine. Okay. Good night. Good night.